G'day everyone and welcome to episode 7 of Rare and Resilient 1 in 5000 podcast. Today we are joined by Sophie who's 25 year old IARM adult who lives in Arizona and she's going to share her story which is 111 in the book page 245. So welcome Sophie and take it away. My name's Sophie but my family and friends call me Gopher. I'm currently 25 years old and have my dream career. I'm a pediatric nurse and love every second. I knew I wanted to be a nurse the day I met a nurse who once cared for me at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. It was a dark and scary time, but she brought the light back into me. She inspired. It was at that moment I knew my purpose in life was to be a nurse and change lives the way she changed mine. I was given the pain, birth defects, and challenges so that I could be a nurse who understands. In my mind, A4 South will always be a special place. A little backstory about I was born with an IA, a duplicated renal system, and extra, an extra length of intestine. But that is all, I promise. I came out full term at five pounds, three ounces with big, wide open brown eyes. That is how I got my name, Gopher. I had my first surgery at one day old to fix the IA. Everything went seemingly well. We were told I had a good prognosis. On my first birthday, my ureters were reimplanted and all the kidney infections and pain were fixed. I potty trained perfectly, had a few cases of bladder, kidney, and urethral stones, but I sailed from childhood. It's a I always had the worst gas. I would be teased at school and bullied. My mom always made sure I lived like a normal kid, though. I played sports, even though I was bad at it. I rode horses, I played with my friends, and I never let my belly pain impact my life. When I was about in the seventh grade, I started having pain in my butt. I had what was called a rectal prolapse, so basically my intestine was falling out of my butt. This was when my mom explained to me about the surgery I had when I was little to fix it, and it may need to be repeated. We went to see a general surgery, and she ordered x-rays and tests. To our surprise, I was full of poop. My intestines were enlarged, and I had what was called a megacolon. That was when I got to experience my first colonoscopy and first experience with bowel prep. Anyone who has had a colonoscopy knows how vile that stuff is. It took multiple jugs to clean me out. My mom was amazing and cheered me on the entire time. I was started on Miralax once I got cleaned out, but I kept having accident after accident after accident. What middle schooler wants to be having accidents? That is when the GI specialist offered me a colostomy bag. I felt this was something that was not right for me. Our GI specialist told us about Cincinnati Children's Hospital and the famous doctor, Alberto Pena. My family worked extremely hard to raise the money for my mom and I to go to Cincinnati to see this specialist, as this was the only other option there was. I left in February of eighth grade in the middle of the school year. We arrived in Cincinnati and it was my first time seeing real snow. My mom and I were in a crazy city, starting a new adventure to make my life the best it could be. After having many tests and different procedures, Dr. Pena looked at me for five seconds 
and said the first surgeon who did my surgery when I was one day old missed the sphincter muscle. That's why I was having accidents. He then offered me the Malone, a procedure to create an opening so I could put a tube in my belly button and wash out my intestines from the top, if you catch my drift. There was just one catch. My mom and I had to stay in Cincinnati another four weeks. We faced the dilemma of, do we go home and try to come back? Or do we scrape by financially so I can have the best life possible? That was when my mom made the decision I am forever grateful for. We stayed the extra four weeks and the doctors and nurses changed my life. Surgery went well. I was NPO, nothing to eat or drink for 10 days. I got my nutrition from a PIC line, which stands for Berthela Inserted Central Catheter. It was a big IV that went into the vein leading into my heart. My mom taught me that no matter what I was faced with, the only way to get through it was to do it with a positive attitude. During that time, we adventured the streets of Cincinnati and came across many angels who changed our lives. We are still in touch to this day. The decision my mom made to travel to Cincinnati is what made me the person I am today. If I hadn't gone to Cincinnati when I did, I don't think I would be the nurse I am now, traveling the world, in love with my best friend, or having the same passion and fire as I do today. One of my dreams was to go to Africa and provide medical care to people who otherwise do not get it. So in 2019, you better believe I was on a plane to Africa with some amazing nursing students to provide care to the people in remote villages. In the time frame, we saw almost 5,000 patients in just six days. But more importantly, I was reminded that nursing is about more than medicine. It is about sitting down with someone and reading the Bible with them or singing because you know there's no medicine that can help them. But sitting and singing provides more relief than any pill does. During that trip, I was in a one bathroom room with two other girls in a foreign country where almost every single one of us had stomach problems, if you catch my whiff. I was going to be there with them for the next two weeks. So it was time I finally explained to some strangers about my need for the bathroom. Every other night when they would go to bed, I would do my flush out. In case you didn't know what happens in a foreign country, let me tell you, the toilets don't always flush. I quickly learned that if I hit the flusher about 20 times fast, sometimes the toilet would flush. And it was like angels singing. At least being in a foreign country, my pooping troubles, troubles seemed normal. Also in 2019, I graduated from nursing school with honors and I am now Sophie BSN RN. It was one of the proudest moments of my life. Six surgeries and eight hospitalizations in four years of nursing school and I graduated with a magna cum laude. I could have not done it without my mom teaching me to never let my health struggles be the reason I can't do something. And when I have a setback, to take a moment to cry, then move on and keep going. I remember going to hospital school, which I thought was fun. I remember nurses having me calculate my drip rate for my TPN and going up to the nurse's station for paper and pen so I could do a drug calculation exam. I remember being in the hospital recovering from sepsis with the nurses the day I got, got the call that I was accepted into nursing school. 
nurses, doctors, and my mom are the people who shape into the person I am today. My newest accomplishment is mastering the transition from pediatric to adult care. I'm lucky to have a Mayo Clinic in the same state, so I'm able to have doctors that deal with complex medical problems just outside my backyard. I was so afraid of being lost in the healthcare system and not being listened to. There were gallons of tears and a lot of anxiety, however, with a binder full of medical records and a lot of education for the doctors. I finally have a care team that can manage me and I know I will be okay in the adult healthcare system. The next chapter of my life will include more international travel, more adventures, getting married, and finally starting a family. I also hope to one day be able to go on another medical mission trip. As I end my story, I leave you with some wisdom. So many of us have been given the gift to face and overcome our medical challenges. The way I see it, these medical challenges, these birth defects, these ailments, or whatever you want to call them, give us the chance to be extraordinary instead of the biggest thing I've learned throughout my life is that no matter the pain, the sadness, the challenges one gets go through, it is important to remember you only have one life, so you better live it and enjoy it before it's too late. And never limit yourself or life and live less because of your challenges. I dedicate my accomplishments to my mother, who taught me to never give up and to always see the light in every dark situation. Well, that was... <laughs> Fantastic. By sharing your story is showing young girls who were born with IA, ARM now, and boys, that that nothing can stop you achieving your dreams. And it's just so wonderful. How how did you feel about just reading it out loud and going through it like that? It was really cool, but what's really funny is I actually need eye surgery because I've developed double vision. So that's going to be the next surgery I have. So when I was reading it, it was kind of hard to read, but it was also really fitting. (laughs) Well, you wouldn't have known that because you read it perfectly. And just talk about how you've mentioned it in the the story about how your mum's influenced your life. I know because I met you at the PDN conference in 2016 with you and your mum was there and I know how close you were. So yeah, just give us a bit of an insight into your relationship with your mum. My mom and I have probably one of the closest relationships I could ever imagine. There is no secret we have. Um, The biggest thing with me and her right now is sometimes I get really frustrated dealing with the insurance companies and or I sometimes go to the doctor and they're like, oh, well, maybe you have this. And then nothing comes back positive And I always get devastated because sometimes I just want the answer sometimes of why me and my mom's like, I've been dealing with this for 25 years. They're never going to find the answer. You are who you are and you just got to live. You just got to live that way. And it's true. So she'd be like, let's me have my little pity party in the closet. <laughs> And then I come out and moved on. She always pushes me to live my life and make sure that what I'm going through doesn't define me or I don't dwell on it. Yeah. Because it's easy to sit down and dwell on those things. Unless you've been 
you live with it or if a parent has lived with it with their child, it's impossible for anyone else to get it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. I'm excited to uh, have a baby and see what happens with that. Well, I'm sure that that will be magnificent when it happens. I always wonder if I'll pass it on to my children or not. So we'll see. Yeah, well, that question gets asked a lot. And there's medical statistics now that show that the uh, incidence rate is one in 5,000 for the general community. But for an adult, the incident rate of passing it on to a child is one in 200. Yikes. Wow. Well, if it happens, I hope I can be as spectacular as my mom's husband. Oh, I've got no doubt that would be the case. And it's interesting, like in our adult group, we have well, we have over 350 members, as you know. We've probably got seven or eight adults in the group that have a child with IA as well. So their child is very lucky that they've got a mother or a father who will know exactly what it's like to live through the, with the condition. And tell me, the experiences in Africa, did you come across any little kids with colorectal issues like ours? Um, I didn't so much like ours but there were a lot of kiddos with like chronic constipation and my bells and whistles wanted to go off and teach them different ways but I was running through doctors who obviously weren't you know even though they're from America weren't very familiar with it and it was give the kid Miralax I mean that's what I did but I tried, I remember there's one patient that I had to fight so hard to get like a doctor to listen because it wasn't normal. They had more of a genitourital kind of complex issue though, instead of more than I had. And did they end up listening to you? No, we just gave me a latch. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, I guess it's what's there and what we have too yeah and with your nursing do you uh work in a uh, pediatric hospital or adult hospital so right now i actually switched over to oncology so that i can train for pediatric oncology but um so right now i'm working in adult hospital with pediatric areas how do you handle seeing the little kids especially the ones with the colorectal issues because I'd imagine that would be a touch of the heart a bit more um I absolutely love it I actually worked with a um, kiddo who is extremely sick that trach uh, g-tube and I provided a little bit of insight for that mama made it maybe a little bit easier for oh, them that's amazing I, I, I can imagine how much an influence you would have and that they can see that you, you understood and given your experiences, because nothing nothing's compares to life experiences, does it? Mm-hmm. That mama had never uh, taken a bath with her baby. And that's something she always did with her other kids. And she said she couldn't because of the trach and the vent and the YouTube. And I'm like, you know what? Just because she has all this doesn't mean you can't. So I took what my mom taught me 
and I help them have that bonding experience in the bathtub, help them do a bath and everything worked out just swell. And that was actually my last day working with them. And that's how I left it. She got to have a bath with her baby. And I think I got to teach them a little bit that just because she has what she has doesn't mean that it limits you and will stop you. That's, that's amazing. And that would resonate exactly with what you wrote in the book about how the nurses impacted so much on you when you were in hospital and how you wanted to be a nurse. I strive to be a Mindy nurse every time I put on my scrubs. Any patient that you have would be very, very fortunate. And you mentioned about your eyes. How's your health going at the moment with your stomach and issues like that? Um, well, I was just diagnosed with POTS. Um, so what's that? And then, um, so basically it's like the blood vessels in your lower legs don't squeeze when you stand up. So you can, a lot of people's heart rate will go up and you pass out. Thankfully, I don't have the passing out type. My heart rate just goes really high and I get dizzy and tired. Um, uh, the first, I feel like a lot of IA people have that problem as they get older. And a lot of the frustrating moments I'm running into is because I also have diabetes. They say, oh, it's from the diabetes, not from everything that I've experienced in my life, not the condition that I've been born with, not the birth defects. It's because you have diabetes. And how's, and with the Malone, it sounds like that really changed your life. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, and it's funny because I had the sacral nerve stimulator, which I'm going to get replaced um, this August before my insurance runs out um, and I lose my parents' insurance. But um, so I will do that or I'll do XLAX depending on how much time I really have. And uh, for the most part, it gives me like totally normal life definitely have to do it before I go to work otherwise I'll be running to the bathroom a million times and I nobody's got time for that so no. when I use them alone it really makes my life normal and that's great and that will give um, so much hope to a lot of um, parents and kids are, are getting to that stage of life where they've got that choice of having them alone highly recommend it yeah no worries yeah i, I think so does my boyfriend <laughs> so i'm not in the bathroom a million times yes yes <laughs> i can imagine so how did you go do your school time before you had the malone like was it a lot of emotional trauma as well that you had to put up with because worrying about having accidents and all that um i don't think i was traumatized it traumatized by it I, there was a lot of sadness and a lot of like feeling alone and isolated and there was a lot of bullying but once I got like my whole like Malone system like once I got a good bowel management program and I'm alone all of the problems that I was having like gas and accidents stopped and then I got friends again yeah that would have been life-changing so what mm-hmm. age was that about 12 yeah like 13 yep Yep. Seventh and eighth grade. Seventh grade is kind of when everything started. And then eighth grade is when I finally went to Cincinnati and things got fixed. Right. So, but seventh grade was miserable. 
It sounds like when you went to Africa, you had to actually explain it to the other nurses who were in the room with you. Was that the first time that you actually spoken to people outside your your family and friends about your bowel condition? Or were you fairly open when you were growing up? I mean, told my best friend. Um, and it was actually my parents who kind of helped explain things one trip to Mexico in college. But I really tried not to talk about it until I got into college because I made the mistake one time of telling somebody when I was a kid and rumors started and jokes were made. And I really didn't talk about it until I got like much older in college age because people are a lot more, especially nurses, they're a lot more responsible with that information and a lot more respectful. Yes. How do you feel about people who might have read your story in the book now or will listen to the podcast who who might not know about it how do you feel about that um I think it's really cool I'm just glad and now that I'm at that older age I'm just glad to explain my story and see if I can help people with it I tried to explain it to my boyfriend's sisters because I had the book and his sister is like a published author. And so I was like, hey, look, I wrote a book. Um, but they didn't give it, like they didn't read it. So, which I'm kind of in a way glad I was going to tell them just so it could stop being this huge stressful secret when I go back to his house. They have very thin walls and his bathroom is in his parents' room. So I was, I was like, at this point, like it's still kind of secretive with them, but whoever reads, it we'll read it and hopefully get a little bit better information about who i am and why i am the way i am i have so much respect for you to be able to share it it took me a long time took me 52 years so you've you've beaten me (laughs) (laughs) but the most important thing is what it's going to do for younger girls growing up to listen to your story you will be a hero to a lot of those little girls that have got ia now you know that i hope so and they will feel like, hey, I'm not alone. And look, if Sophie can be a nurse, I can be a nurse. Get into a relationship and travel the world. It's just so incredibly important that your story and other stories get out there so people know that we can live what they call a normal life. But our normal is just a little bit different because we spend a little bit more time in the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. As I've come to get older, I realize it's not as big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, especially moving in with my boyfriend, I was absolutely terrified. And it was funny the day he actually found out like something was wrong with me was I was in the hospital with like sepsis and we had just started dating and the nurse come in came in. She's like, Hey Sophie, did you do your enema today? And I was like, like, it's like, all right, the cat's out of the bag now, but he's still with me. Oh, wonderful. And how long did it take you to sort of like to get to that stage where you needed to tell him? As adults, it's the one thing that we all dread having that initial conversation with someone we're starting in a relationship with because it's not an easy conversation to have. Yeah. um, Well, it was really that moment. I'm like, I've kind of been exposed, so I might as well tell him. And, you know, my, my, um, 
naive thought was that I was gonna move in with him and only go to the bathroom when he's at work and he would I'd hide everything he'd never know anything was wrong with me until the day I said I do and then I'd be like surprised but that obviously was so so wrong it didn't happen I totally understand that because that's part of our psyche that we're we're used to trying to you know manage it and hide it don't we yeah I it's so funny I um I very rarely have accidents now but when I do like he just knows and I still like I kick him out of the room I like lock him outside so that I can get everything cleaned up and it never happened even though he totally knows and he still loves me but hard getting over that mental like thing in my head and he reminds me i'm not that weird i'm weird but i'm not that weird (laughs) well anyone who had anyone who'd had an accident even if they haven't got the conditions the issues we have would feel that embarrassment and the shame and all that so be able to handle that and to be able to talk openly it's a massive step it is a massive step yeah how did you find it when you were at the PTN in Arizona a few years ago when there was all like 20 of us adults there? How did you find that, like meeting others? Was that the first time you met other adults? Um, No, I had gone to a couple others and met adults. But I remember the first time um, I was in Cincinnati doing the colorectal like, bowel management camp. There was always the – they have a day where like – patients and families and like parents talk and there was this one adult there who she was like in her 20s like really young 20s and I was so embarrassed didn't want to talk and she was so open about everything and then that's when I realized like things are okay so when I went to the PTN conference and I met other adults it was it was really cool, but that one person really made it, made me realize everything is fine and I can have a normal life. So I also strive to be like her because I was that little 12, 12, 13 year old girl who was terrified and embarrassed. And I saw her as an outlook and that I could be normal just like her. And now you're going to have younger girls listening to this or reading your story and you are that older girl that older adult yes it's amazing yeah so uh and i suppose the last thing is the transition from pediatrics to adult care sounds like you've had a you've been able to get a really great um, network made but it, it is very scary isn't it it is, and it's actually been, as I, when I wrote that, I was kind of new to this, um, and as I've gotten, like, been through this a lot longer now, it's so difficult, and it's so stressful. It's, like, better understanding that I'm finding that, like, every doctor that I had is so clueless about what to do, and I have to explain to them what to do, 
so glad that I can have Cincinnati in the background to tell me these things. But so much of the time I have to ask for this stuff and I have to tell them. I went to my cardiologist and she thought I was going there for difficulty swallowing. And I said, no, I'm going there for IA. And she's like, what is that? I'm like, clearly you did not pay attention in med school. Like, I was just surprised. I've never had a doctor not like, know what it was or heard of it at least. And she just had no idea what it was. And that's where, and that's where it's so important that we have these colorectal centers and the pediatric colorectal specialists who are willing to talk to the adult colorectal colleagues and get a, some sort of transition plan because most of us, 99% of the work of us in the world, we just, you just get abandoned when you go to, from the pediatric to adult colorectal. And that's no, that's no one's fault. It's no one's fault because unfortunately it's our condition is seen as a pediatric issue. And mm -hmm. um, so we're just, we're working on it. They're working on it and it's getting a lot better. But as you mm -hmm. say, we're the experts sometimes. We have to tell the doctors. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've come to realize that it, it gets a little easier. It's like it's on and off. It's a struggle. It, it's better. It's a struggle. It gets better. Sometimes I leave the doctor's office and I'm so angry at them for not listening to me or blaming it on diabetes because every single situation I could have wrong with me is from diabetes but I had this stuff way longer than I had diabetes. But it's like, it's that, it's that one diagnosis that people have. It's like, oh, that's your problem for everything. And so sometimes I leave just so annoyed. And then I meet up with Cincinnati and I have my faith restored again, that it's not all because I ate mac and cheese too much and I became a diabetic. It's not all my fault. Sophie, it's been wonderful for you to join us. Thank you for Same. being so open. And um... lovely backyard. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. All right, Sophie. Well, you take care. Say hello to your mom. You too. And, I will. Uh, we'll be in touch. All right. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye.